clubs in the springtime, it's all good. And rappers killing it in the club, and can we brag now? Not black lives just had to die to get a flag down. And my rappers helped the map of Southside Atlanta. Was just to Selma, 50 years march in Alabama. Was just to Columbus, Ohio, teaching little kids. South by Southwest and Austin, teaching sampling. That kind of colleges, I do a lot of Welcome to the Michael M. Hotep Show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network with Niles' is Power. Today is Tuesday, March 28th, 2017, and we are live today, Tuesday, March 28th, 2017, and we are live today. Um, we have a lot to talk about, uh, running late today, a lot going on, very busy news day. Uh, also, and I'm preparing to uh, head to Baltimore later this week as well. All right, so uh, you know we have the we're doing the uh, the free live webinar from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. today. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Okay, so that's coming up uh, at 7 p.m. today, and uh, we're going to post the information here on the thread uh, so you can register uh, for that. You can also email us. Uh, as well at uh, info at africanhistorynetwork.com but we're posting the information right now on the thread it has the information to register so that's coming up at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. and you know the first installment of the six hour course starts tomorrow evening 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Wednesday March 29th okay uh, so on today's show you know yesterday last night we broadcasted late we broadcasted uh, like 10 p.m. last night Shows archived here on Facebook and at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, we're going to continue our discussion with uh, D.C.'s Missing Girls, Separating Fact from Fiction. Now, uh, Mayor uh, Bowser has a new task force uh, that she laid out uh, last Friday. Uh, she was interviewed yesterday on the Tom Jordan Morning Show and on News One Now with Roland Martin. We're going to share that interview with you. But the mayor's new task force will focus on underlying issues that lead to missing children. Okay, missing children re referring to children who run away. Okay, so the new task force is going to uh, deal with uh, the underlying issues of why children run away. All right. And I'm not sure why it's so dark in here. I don't know what's going on. Let me see something here. Uh, let's try this. Just a second. I don't know. Maybe that lightened up a little bit. I don't know what's going on. All right. So we'll talk about that as well. And then many of you heard about this killing of, a, of an elderly African-American man. He was killed by a white supremacist named James Harris Jackson, a white supremacist named James Harris Jackson. This killing took place about eight days ago in New York. OK, so James Harris Jackson said that uh, he meant to kill uh, younger, more successful African-American men. This is who he was targeting. He stabbed this guy. Uh, he stabbed this uh, uh, elderly man. I think he was about 67 years old with a two foot sword, stabbed him in the back. OK, but also, if that's not disturbing enough, also the White House and Sean Spicer at the White House, uh, uh, White House daily uh, uh, press uh, briefings. The White House has refused to condemn this murder of this African-American man by this white supremacist. All right. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. I think it's because Donald Trump doesn't want to lose a lot of his base because that's who a lot of his base is. <laughs> a bunch of white supremacists and racist things like this. That's not all of his base, but that's a good that's a good portion of his base. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit more about um, the document. From the Congressional Black Caucus, we talked about this yesterday. What do we have to lose? What do we have to lose? This is from the Congressional Black Caucus. Did you download it? Have you seen it? Uh, this is the document they produced, they, they uh, presented to Donald Trump when they met with him last Wednesday, March 22nd at the White House. Uh, this is a 125-page agenda. This is an agenda. We have a lot to lose. It's called We Have a Lot to Lose. We Have a Lot to Lose. Solutions to Advance Black Families in the 21st Century. We'll continue to talk about this a little bit more. You can download it from Roland 
smartin.com, rollingsmartin.com, and I downloaded it and then uh, I took it to the printer and um, had them print it up as well, and they wirebound it for me. I've been going through studying it as well. Uh, also, we'll talk about the uh, live webinar I'm doing. Uh, uh, yeah, I read the New York Post reported the incident, also Jenny Small. Um, we'll talk about the live webinar that's coming up this evening, 7 p.m. Now, who is registered for the webinar at 7 p.m.? It's a one-hour intro or overview to understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. We posted the link. Uh, uh, we posted the information. You could go ahead and register. It's a free one-hour webinar. The first installment of the six-hour course starts tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday, March 29th, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. The uh, six-hour course is $40. It's going to be uh, uh, March 29th, um, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Then it's going to be um, uh, 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 two consecutive Saturdays also in, in April, okay? Two consecutive Saturdays, April 8th and the 15th, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, there, all right? And uh, you'll get uh, my DVD presentation, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. You'll get that uh, free uh, also with the uh, with the uh, class as well. All right. And this is an online class. It's an online webinar. You'll be able to tune in from around the country. We're going to do a uh, one hour overview of it uh, today, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. So who's registered for it so far? And. Uh, Okay, Monique Porter said, hello, New York president and accounted for, okay. Yeah, what did they teach us at school? I'm ready for that one. Okay. We'll post the information again so you can go ahead and register for it. <clears throat> register for the one tonight. You can go ahead and also register for the one that starts tomorrow as well. Uh, that's the first installment of the six-hour course. Now, on the Michael M. Hotep show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you have been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here. On the show, we deal with current events, history, politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, health issues and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter. Also go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Sign up for our email newsletter as well. Uh, I will be in Baltimore this Saturday and Sunday, April 1st and 2nd, at the Baltimore 16th Annual Baltimore Natural Hair Care Expo. Okay, so though, uh, it's at Coppin State University, Coppin State University, those in the Baltimore area, come on out. Uh, I'll have a vendor booth there, and uh, we'll have DVDs. Uh, I will also be doing a presentation both days at the expo, um, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, both days. Great African Women in History, the Mothers of Civilization. Great African Women in History, the Mothers of Civilization. Okay, that's my uh, workshop that I do at the Natural Hair Care Expos. And um, you can visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have information there. About that, also naturalhairexpo.com, naturalhairexpo.com. You can go there as well. They have information there also about uh, the uh, 16th Annual Baltimore Hair Care Expo. Okay, there'll be workshops, there'll be vendors there uh, with all the all types of products for natural hair care. It's a, a great time, so come on out to that. All right. Uh, okay, so share this. Uh, okay, we're posting the information. For today's show, it's already uh, we'll post it here on the thread. Share this broadcast on your own Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in. Also, share this broadcast on your own Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in as well. Okay. All right. Um, so somebody was posting. Uh, they asked the question about uh, the white supremacist who killed the uh, uh, African American man who was he's about sixty seven. Um, something like 66, 66 year old, um, 
James Kaufman, I think was his name. Um, yeah, it's a it's a crazy, crazy story. And the White House is not commenting on it, I think, because uh, this guy who uh, the guy who did the killing may be a Donald Trump supporter. And I think Donald Trump does not want to alienate uh, uh, some of his uh, white supremacist base. OK, I think that's I think that's why. All right. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start. We'll start with that story first. Since people are asking uh, questions about it. How you doing? Wanda Penn. I'm all right. Just uh, busy, tired. I uh, just came back from seeing my, my new daughter. Uh, so it's been hectic. OK, it's been very, very hectic here. All right. So um, NBC News uh, had an article. Uh, they have articles dealing with this. Um, what we're going to do, let me see. Let's go here. Just one second here. Um, okay. Just trying to see if there's any audio with this, with this story. All right. So, um, I read a few stories about this yesterday, even before then. Uh, okay, so March 26th was Sunday. NBC News uh, has an article. A white man who allegedly went to New York City to hunt black man says he meant to kill younger, more successful person. Okay, now this guy lived in Baltimore. His name is James Harris Jackson. Okay, uh, and, and the man he killed, that was, um, uh, I think that was, was his name, Timothy Kaufman. Timothy Kaufman was the name of the um, African-American man he killed. OK, this is just a sick, sick story. And the White House won't condemn it. OK, very, very interesting. But once again, Donald Trump does not want to uh, alienate his white supremacist supporters. Now, the white supremacist accused of fatally stabbing a black man with a sword in New York City said he would he said he would have rather rather killed a younger or or older and more successful black uh, man. Okay, a younger or older more successful black man. Okay, James Harris Jackson is the name of this killer, and he's admitted to killing. Uh, he's admitted to killing uh, Timothy Kaufman. He said, quote, I'm sorry I killed that man. Uh, it was pitch black. I picked a dark place. I didn't know he was elderly. OK, this is what he told to the New York Daily News. Now, he's 28 years old. He told the newspaper he would have killed a young thug, quote unquote, young thug or a successful uh, older black man with with blondes. Uh, people you see in Midtown. He's talking about uh, uh, successful black men with white women with blonde hair. This is what he's talking about. Okay. Now let's go to this story here from uh, NBC uh, Channel Four, New York. They have uh, uh, some coverage uh, on this story. Police say his intent was to kill a black man, any black man. His victim, 66-year-old Timothy Kaufman, stabbed in the back while looking for cans to recycle in a dumpster. The attack on Timothy Kaufman was clearly racially motivated. Police say 28-year-old James Jackson took a bus here from Baltimore specifically to attack black men. Jackson is an army veteran who served in Afghanistan, and investigators say he's harbored a hatred of black men for at least 10 years. He's a couple houses down. I've never seen the guy before in my life. It's scary. Shocking, disgusting, infuriating. After he encountered Timothy on the street Monday night, police say Jackson stabbed him repeatedly with this 26-inch sword. Timothy fled to a police precinct, but he later died from his injuries. People don't think people are crazy, man, you know? Really, they're crazy. We spoke with Timothy's neighbors and friends at the halfway house where he lives in Hell's Kitchen. Timothy loved to collect autographs from celebrities, proudly posting photos of himself with Oprah Winfrey and Russell Simmons. His friends and neighbors say he deserved better than this. It's unfortunate. It's sad because he was a great person. On Tuesday night, hours after we showed you this surveillance video of the suspect police were looking for, James Jackson turned himself in. He didn't say a word as he was led away, but investigators say he confessed and told them why he came all the way from Baltimore to kill. The reason why he picked New York is because it's the media capital of the world and uh, he wanted to make a statement. Okay. 
Alright, so this basket of deplorables is being charged with a hate crime as well. Now, uh, the Baltimore man, James uh, Harris Jackson, is accused of taking a bus to New York City, as they stated in the story, specifically to kill black men. Police say he confessed to randomly picking out victim Timothy Kaufman on the street and stabbing him to death with, with a two-foot-long sword, a 26-inch long sword. At 66-year-old uh, Timothy Kaufman bent over a trash bin around the corner from his home. Uh, uh, James Harris Jackson attacked him from behind, fatally, fatally stabbing him, prosecutors said. Okay, because Timothy Kaufman was searching for, uh, you know, cans, to, to pop cans, you know, things like this to turn in for the deposits. Now, Timothy Kaufman staggered bleeding into a police station and eventually succumbed to his injuries, authorities said. Now, uh, Kaufman had lived in a former motel in Manhattan for 18 years, sharing the building with tenants who were part of a temporary housing program, according to NBC New York. All right. Um, uh, one of his neighbors, uh, 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 Sven Jorgensen, said he was, quote unquote, extremely respectful. Um, he went on this. Uh, he, he's the uh, program's executive director. OK. And he uh, he was interviewed by NBC New York. He said he was a great tenant and someone that anyone would be glad to have as a neighbor. He was a gentleman. Now, um, uh, James Harris Jackson turned himself into authorities about a day after the attack. Jackson told police, according to Assistant Chief William Aubrey, I'm the person that you're looking for. Now, Prosecutor Jackson, an Army veteran, intended to kill, uh, intended the killing of Kaufman to be a quote unquote practice run, a practice run. And was killing more African American people uh, in New York Times uh, Square, uh, in New York's Times Square, I should say, uh, New York's Times Square. Uh, Jackson told the Daily, New York Daily News his goal was to force women in interracial relationships to reconsider. Okay, this is a sick bastard right here. He said that his goal was to force, basically, he's talking about white women. To force women in interracial relationships to reconsider. He said he had hoped to make white women think, quote, well, if that guy feels so strongly about it, maybe I shouldn't do it, end quote. He said his drive to kill diminished after claiming his first victim, he said. Okay. He said, quote, I got depressed. I saw it was too late. It's irreversible. I didn't want to put my family through any more pain. Now, uh, James Harris Jackson said his family was liberal and his grandfather in Louisiana was, quote, quote, unquote, very pro integration, but recalled feeling racist thoughts from the young age of three. OK, so I, I don't know where those thoughts came from. Young age of three. Now, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio called the brutal killing, quote, more than an unspeakable human tragedy. More than an unspeakable human tragedy and, quote, an assault on what makes uh, this the greatest city in the world, end quote. Keep in mind that uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio is married to an African-American woman and has children by her as well. Now, um, James Harris Jackson has been charged with murder as a hate crime. Uh, Assistant District Attorney uh, Joan Louisi. Uh, 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 said the defendant was motivated purely by hatred, as this was an act most likely of terrorism. Okay, so that was from Sunday, March 26. Then uh, Monday, yesterday, March 27th, you have the article from NBCNews.com. White supremacist James Harris Jackson charged with terrorism, charged with terrorism for killing a black man in New York City. OK, so he, he so he has been charged with uh, terrorism and. Um, let's see here. I don't think it's anything up, uh, I have to update you on with this. Um, he was charged with murder as an act of terrorism yesterday, Monday, March 27th. OK. Um, All 
All right. In the article here, it says that um, district attorney, uh, it says um, uh, district attorney Cy Vance said that uh, James Jackson prowled the streets of New York for three days in search of a black person to assassinate in order to launch a campaign of terrorism against our Manhattan community and the values we celebrate. Okay. He searched the streets for three days. Last week, with total presence of mind, he acted on uh, he acted on his plan, randomly selecting a beloved New Yorker solely on the basis of his skin color and stabbing him repeatedly and publicly on a midtown street. Uh, James Jackson wanted to kill black men, planned to kill black men and then did kill a black man. OK. Um, all right. So this is clearly a sick individual, but you have a climate, you have a climate where because of Donald Trump, white supremacy and racism and hate crimes uh, have been uh, legitimatized. Okay, they have been legitimatized and you have uh, almost a deafening silence from the White House on the hate crimes. Very, Donald Trump has said very little about these hate crimes. Okay, he said very little. He has to be cornered about it. Uh, he said very little about these hate crimes, and they continue to happen. All right, now, thinkprogress.org had an article from yesterday, uh, March 27. White House refuses to condemn murder of black of, of black uh, man by white supremacists. Uh, White House refuses to condemn uh, murder of black man by white supremacists. Okay, so uh, let's see. Fiddlestick, we got that. Okay, I think we're good on this one. All right, uh, Sean Spicer said he didn't know all the details. He didn't know all the details. Really? Hey, that doesn't stop you from commenting on other stuff, Sean Spicer. Um, on Monday, so yesterday, April Ryan, uh, who is the Washington Bureau Chief uh, of American Urban Radio Networks, asked Press Secretary Sean Spicer if the White House had anything to say about this hate crime. OK, and uh, I'm going to see if we have any audio on this for you. OK, um, now, April Ryan today was chastised by Ch Sean Spicer. We um, we aired the uh, White House press secretary uh, White House um, press conference uh, on our Facebook uh, live page. We aired it live. Uh, we picked up the feed from uh, thehill.com. dot com. Sean Spicer is uh, basically stand up there lying. April Ryan, who's African American. Is shaking her head. Sean Spicer tells her to stop shaking her head. You'll see articles about this. I think we posted a, a few articles on our on my personal uh, Facebook page uh, about this. Okay, I, I mean, and, and I posted, you know, on Twitter because I follow April Ryan on Twitter, and I posted on Twitter, and uh, I said, you know, Sean Spicer was very disrespectful to April Ryan today telling her, you know, stop shaking her head. And I, and I said, how many white women, how many white women has he told to stop shaking their head like that? Okay. Now Spicer repeatedly refused to say anything specific about the murder, stating that he was quote, not going to reference any particular, um, any particular case before the DOJ right now. He later added that he didn't know all the details. Okay. It's interesting how when it's a case dealing with, uh, um, you know, white people killing African-Americans, these hate crimes, all of a sudden they don't know all the details. You know, I, I just find that very interesting. All of a sudden they don't know all the details. Like they don't have people to brief them on this stuff. Now, one detail is that uh, uh, James Harris Jackson reportedly told authorities that he killed Kaufman for the rush. Quote unquote, kill Kaufman for the rush. Jackson, who has taken responsibility for the murder, traveled to New York, quote, to kill as many black men as he could, end quote. He also expressed regret that he did not kill a young thug. He also expressed uh, regret that he did not kill a young thug. All right. He didn't want to kill um, young white thugs, but he wanted to kill young African American thugs. 
Now, instead of addressing the murder, Sean Spicer went on a number of bizarre tangents. He told April, April Ryan that there has been, quote, a rush to judgment in a lot of cases, specifically anti-Semitic attacks. Uh, where people have demanded Donald Trump com commit, condemn the violence. Later, Spicer said people have learned that the attacks were not perpetuated by people on the right. Okay, well, some of those attacks, I guarantee you, were perpetuated by white supremacists and people on the right, things like this. Uh, now, uh, Ryan, uh, April Ryan was not asking the White House to comment because James Harris Jackson was a member of the quote unquote right, okay, or right wing, but because he stands accused of a vicious, racially motivated murder. Okay, let's go to this, um, let's go to the uh, uh, audio from the uh, White House um, press conference yesterday where this altercation took place. Several topics. Uh, one, I, uh, <laughs> shocker. <laughs> don't be. Um, you heard the question that I lobbed at the Attorney General about the hate crime uh, that happened in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, the white supremacist who went to New York and targeted a black man. Uh, hate crimes are on the rise. What do What do you say? What is this White House saying about this obvious apparent hate crime? I'm not gonna. I mean, you're at you. You yelled at the the attorney general a specific case, if I'm not correct. In the past to talk about uh, this, and you've talked about issues. Of right, right, and I'm glad to talk about the issue. I just want to be very clear uh -huh. that I'm not going to reference any specific case before the DOJ right now. Um, I will say that the president um, has recognized that we need to bring the country together. Um, he wants to unite this country. He wants to bring people together. He had a very long conversation with respect to race in itself, uh, which I think is somewhat. If I'm not correct in your question, there. Okay, I just want to be clear. Thank you. And I think that was one of the topics that he talked about with the CBC. Um, some of the issues with respect to crime and education, and uh, some of the solutions that they suggested that could be done during their meeting. And I think those are the kind of things that I think we can, can start. We can continue that conversation. Unfortunately, there's been a rise in hate crimes when it comes to different groups to include anti-Semitic crimes. Yeah, and we... Um, and, but you've commented from that podium. This is clear. This gentleman in his jailhouse gave a statement to a reporter talking about he wishes the man were younger and were, he was a thug um, that he killed. So what do you say to this? This is clear. It's racism and it's ugly. Yeah, two issues. Number one... I think hate crimes, anti-Semitic crimes of any nature should be called out in the most reprehensible way. Um, there is no room for that in our country, and I think the President noted that in the joint address, that there is one issue that despite policy should unite us, and that is calling out hate, that is calling out divisiveness based on the color of one's skin, one's religion, one's gender. The President's been very clear on that, and he's called it out before. He's, with respect to certain particular situations, he made it very clear at the opening of his joint address, that's what he led with, is a call to, to denounce hate no matter where we come from politically. He's also talked about it the night that he uh, took the stage on that Wednesday morning around 2.40 a.m., about how one of the things that he needed to do and wanted to do as president was unite all Americans. But I think that there's one other piece to this, April, that I just want to be clear on. While we unequivocally, no question about it, need to call out hate, anti-Semitism, where it exists, there is another thing that we have to do. And in your case in particular, while I don't know all of the details and I don't want to reference any specific case, but I think we saw this the other day with some of the anti-Semitic behavior that was going out um, with respect to people of the Jewish faith is that we saw these threats coming into Jewish community centers and there was an immediate jump to criticize folks on the right and to denounce us, denounce people on the right and ask them to condemn them. And it turns out that in fact it wasn't someone on the right. And it was, the, and the president from the get-go had said, I bet you it's not someone, and he was right. And yet, oh no, I understand that. But that's, I understand that, and I think in those cases, there's no question, black and white, we need to call all instances of this. But that being said, while we're on the topic, I do think that there has been a, a rush to judgment in a lot of other cases when it comes to, in particular, some of the anti-Semitic discussion, where people have jumped to the conclusion about denouncing people on the right and asking for this. And in that particular case, we saw that the president was right and that this rush to judgment by a lot of folks on the left 
was wrong, and none of them have been held to account on that. And that is something that equally needs to be called out. When people are charging something of someone that is not true, there has been nothing to go back to those individuals. Nothing on the left who came and asked for everyone on the right to denounce something that they weren't guilty of. And I think that there needs to be an equal go back in time and call out those individuals for, for rushing to judgment and to calling out those individuals. All right, so that was yesterday. Um, okay, so that was yesterday at the uh, White House press conference, okay? Today was crazy also. Um, uh, today was crazy as well at the White House press conference also. Maybe we'll get to talk about that tomorrow. All right, uh, let's see here. One story... Uh, I think we'll post an article about this. Uh, we may get to this tomorrow. I'm not sure. Thursday, we may not be able. I don't know if we'll be able to broadcast Thursday because I have to uh, get on the road and head to Baltimore on Friday. Okay. So, hey, if you like the information that we share with you here on the African History Network uh, and on the Michael M. Hotep show, you can donate to the African History Network. Does it help me get to Baltimore? Because it looks like I'm going to have to rent a car because of the amount of things I have to take with me for the vendor booth. Um, you can uh, go to AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, and you can um, uh, click on the yellow Donate button right there on the home page. You can donate there, okay, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Um, okay, Abby, so if you want to donate $25, $50, whatever it is, it definitely helps. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right, AtlantaBlackStar.com had an article from March 23rd, last Thursday. Taraji P. Henson wants to walk away from Empire while the show was on top. Now, you know, I hate the show Empire. I've been very critical of it. It's a very derogatory, uh, degrading, stereotypical show. But Taraji P. Henson does not want to hang around on Empire long enough for the show to go stale. She credits uh, that to her character, Cookie Lyons, antics. Um, she said, quote, I could not do this forever. No, Cookie wears me out, uh, end quote. Uh, she told uh, Variety, uh, Variety Magazine on Monday, March 20th of her portrayal of the record label CEO. She said, quote, she drains me. She is emotionally all over the place. Those writers, they just keep pushing my emotions with every episode. By the 18th episode of each, se of each season, I'm dead. I got to get far away. I don't wear animal print. I cut my hair into a bob. I don't wear a weave because I've got to get away from cookie, uh, from, uh, get far away from cookie as possible, end quote. Okay. You can check out the rest of this article, AtlantaBlackStar.com. Taraji P. Henson wants to walk away from Empire while the show is still on top. All right. Probably talk some more about that tomorrow because we, we will brought to okay, tomorrow's Wednesday. Uh, we will broadcast uh, live tomorrow, all right? Okay, now, uh, let's turn to this story here dealing with the uh, um, D.C. Missing, uh, missing Girls. You know, we uh, did an extensive segment last night on last night's show, separating fact from fiction. There's a lot of misinformation uh, dealing with the... Um, Dealing with the missing girls, overwhelming majority this year, overwhelming majority of the missing. Missing means runaway. Overwhelming majority, there have been like 501 missing so far this year. All except 13 cases have been solved. Um, so there's a lot of misinformation floating around dealing with this. Let me give you one last article here. Um, uh, the White House won't comment on white supremacists accused of terrorism. This article is from today. Um, it's been eight days since Timothy Kaufman was murdered for being black. Trump is still silent. All the tweeting, all the tweeting Donald Trump has done, he hasn't commented on this. Imagine that. All the tweeting Donald Trump has done, okay, talking about, oh, you should investigate Hillary and Bill Clinton. All oh, Russia is a, is, is a hoax. All this tweeting he's done, he hasn't commented on this. Find that very, very interesting, all right? Okay, let me post this uh, information here. Okay, so I'm going to post the information you can, uh, where you can donate in just a minute. Let's go to this story from uh, News One Now with Roland Martin, all right? Um, 
So we, t- uh, we I posted a number of articles to set the record straight about the D.C. missing girls. Uh, we know last Friday, uh, Mayor Muriel Bowser of Washington, D.C. laid out a six-point strategy um, to help uh, find missing teens faster. We also know that this year they changed the way they report uh, missing teens and took to social media to post profiles and information about missing teens as well to help find them faster. People misinterpret this as a spike in missing African-American teens, which is not the case. The numbers are actually down. They're not up. Okay, let's go to this uh, story. Uh, uh, yesterday morning, News One Now with Roland Martin. Roland interviewed uh, Mayor Muriel Bowser of uh, Washington, D.C. about this issue and what they're doing to uh, help fight it even more. Uh, Let's talk about what's happening uh, in the nation's capital. The D.C. Police Department, they've been using social media to get the word out about their missing young girls, black and brown girls, posting profiles of those young sisters. Now, members of the Congressional Black Caucus have gotten involved, sending a letter last week urging Attorney General Jeff Sessions and FBI Director James Comey to, quote, uh, devote the resources necessary to determine whether these developments are an anomaly or whether they are indicative of an underlying trend that must be addressed. Now, according to the D.C. Police Department, as of Friday, March 26th, there were 523 reported juvenile missing cases. All but 13 of those have been solved. This has been blowing up social media, Tom. Uh, folks talking about missing black and brown girls in D.C. So we reached out to the mayor of Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser, to, to get an understanding of what's actually going on. Mayor Bowser, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Roland. How are you? Hi, Tom. So let's let's get right to it. So we 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 social media has been crazy. You've been questioned by different people. Folks have been saying that uh, these young sisters uh, are missing, are being kidnapped. Uh, exactly what is going on in the nation's capital when it comes to uh, these uh, reported missing young girls? Well, there have been no kidnappings or abductions. No one is being snatched from the street. You got it quite right. And that at the beginning of this year, we decided to publicize all of our missing persons reports in the, in the, for children in the same way. Prior to that, we had only uh, publicized and asked for the public assistance if we thought there was foul play involved. Uh, now we post all critically missing children and that these children have left home. We feel that they're not safe if they're not in the care of a caring adult or their parent or guardian. So we want the public's help in helping um, us locate them. They're boys and girls. So of the, of the, of the folks that have been posted thus far, uh, how many have been returned or are they still missing? Um, there, there are children located every day, um, and I think your, your number was right from Friday that there were six juveniles, um, six boys. I mean, I'm sorry, thirteen juveniles, six boys, and seven girls. But we, but we have had issues uh, in this area uh, of uh, young folks coming up missing, and also across the country. Uh, you know, the Black and Missing Foundation. We've had them on the show as well. Uh, we've talked about how African Americans disproportionately uh, over-indexed when it comes to the number of missing folks across this country, uh, numbering uh, upwards of forty percent. Um, that that number may be true, and that as you uh, seem to suggest, there's no particular issue in Washington D.C. This is an issue that affects uh, jurisdictions across our nation, uh, and what we uh, are trying to focus on is making sure number one uh, that we locate kids who are away from home, uh, and they, they could be away from home for any number of reasons. Um, but we know with a vulnerable child that may be staying with friends or relatives or couch surfing or maybe walking um, and, and wandering on the streets. That's not a safe place for them. So we want them to give us a call so that we can put them in the care uh, of a caring adult. So that's very important. But also we want, want those kids before uh, they even think about leaving home to talk to a teacher, a counselor, somebody at church, somebody in the neighborhood, because we can make sure they have the services that they need. What you Roland, how come? Why do you think, ahead, Roland? Why do you think? Why, why do you think our our black children are publicized like, say, a John Bernay Ramsey? Because they're black. Uh, the reality, the reality is, in in media, 
white executives, white male executives control the apparatus. And when a white girl comes up missing or a white woman, they see their wives, their daughters, their nieces, and they don't see black women in this way. Uh, the only time, uh, typically, when a black woman comes up missing or a black girl, the only time the national media really focuses on it is after you've had massive protests and they've been embarrassed to do so. And I think, Mayor Bowser, that's one of the issues here, the reason African Americans uh, have been so sensitive to seeing these uh, Twitter posts from the D.C. Police Department is because we understand the history of our children come up missing. Many of us who grew, who became of age uh, in the late 70s and 80s remember what happened in Atlanta. Uh, with African-Americans coming up missing. And one of the most untold stories of that were the number of black girls who were found dead who were involved in human sex trafficking. And we're still seeing that in terms of what's happening with human sex trafficking even today, Mayor Bowser. Well, and I think that what, all jurisdictions and the media should take note that we've kind of twisted that, shifted that paradigm. So we said we want to put the word out about our kids, despite the fact that we don't believe that there was foul play involved in these, in these cases. We don't believe that anybody was kidnapped, and we don't suspect human trafficking. But what we know is that if you have these young kids out wandering, they can be susceptible to people who will prey on them. So it's important to get them home and get them home. What, was, what was the task force you created on Friday? What is that task force... Uh, it does a couple of things. It gives our police department the missing persons unit. We had a, a new leadership there, which is why we changed strategies. And we want to give that unit more uh, resources to help find, bring the kid, locate the kids quicker and get them home quicker. Uh, it also sets up a protocol for our the police department because we want to make sure when we locate the kids, we're returning them to a safe environment. And, you know, quite frankly, home may not be safe for them. That's why they're leaving. Uh, so we are trying to make, setting up a protocol so we can be sure that we're returning them to a safe environment. Uh, and lastly, we're going to provide some additional funding uh, to some trusted nonprofits that have a, a good history of working with vulnerable kids uh, so that we're doing more outreach uh, and uh, hopefully preventing uh, kids from from leaving home. Are Amber Alerts being uh, given at the same rate for black children as they are for white children? Now, I, I can't speak to you about national trends. I think the, the Center for Missing and Exploited Children may be better for that. Uh, this is a, a new strategy for us that mm -hmm. uh, that you know, it doesn't have the same protocols as an Amber Alert because Amber Alerts is generally given uh, if there's foul play involved or suspected. Uh, but this is another way for us to amp up the attention uh, for, for kids who don't normally get any attention when their parents don't know where they are. Well, let me tell our audience this on the Time Journal Morning Show, on TV One, on our social media. We're going to make sure that if our black, when our black girls and boys come up missing, that we're going to amplify their voices. We're not going to wait on CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and the rest of the networks to catch up because we must take care of our own. Mayor, Mayor Miro Bowser, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Rowan. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hug you next. 26 past the hour. All right, then. I want to go to uh, our panel real quick here before I go to the break. Uh, you know, this is this continues to be a major issue across the country. And I think we, we got to we got to accept that reality in terms of what's going on. Yeah, I don't know why. There was sort of an assumption she was emphasizing there with regard to not knowing whether or not uh, these kids were abducted. Yeah. There's no evidence one way or the other. And when the Atlanta child murder case started, that was the same sort of thing. They didn't. They assumed that they had run away, and that apparently, you know, it was it was a criminal activity. Right. So it's sort I think of what you're seeing is the same thing that we've seen from before since since the '80s. Um, less value ascribed to black lives and that is a shame and the it's not an it's it's unfortunate but we need to be stepping up and paying attention and raising the awareness to for the entire country that all all people matter but in this particular case this is another example of the devalue devaluation of black lives particularly young black girls young black women and, and, and the reality is uh, dc maryland is a huge human sex trafficking quarter yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You, you, you have to assume the worst and hope for the best. And you also have to make sure that you have the FBI, you have the federal government that has a far reach beyond your district throughout the entire U.S. Because if it is human trafficking or other elements, you want to be able to use the federal law enforcement's reach.
you know, there comes a point where we have to treat our black kids and we treat our white kids. You know, um, social media has amplified this, and I think we wouldn't be having a discussion without social media. I think government needs no, to. No, we we will. We would be. We will. <laughs> we would be. But the the greater the greater we media will. market wouldn't be having a discussion without social media um, amplifying it, without our our influencers am amplifying it. I think there's more that we can do. I think there's more that government can do. I know Governor Hogan has made it a, a priority to. Um, deal with human trafficking That's in Maryland. Black, I know. Well, 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 the FBI, and it was a good well, thing well, they did because yeah. the closure rate in D.C. is not very good no. for crimes, for, for, for violent crimes. Right. Yep. All right, then. Again, of course, as you know, uh, here on News One Now, we uh, had the show for a while called Find Our Missing. Oh. Uh, and since we launched this show in November 2013, we've made that point perfectly clear. Uh, guys, you should be able to roll that graphic. And so anytime uh, these things come to our attention, you're going to see us on News One Now. Uh, be sure to put uh, the photo, the name, all the information about uh, any young girl or young boy who's African-American who's missing. Uh, because, again, we're not interested in waiting on somebody else or tell our story, we can actually tell our own story. And so when you see this graphic uh, come up, uh, that's going to be the alert uh, that we'll use anytime one of our uh, one of ours comes up missing. All right, folks, a peaceful protest turned deadly. 37-year-old black man was shot and killed by Baton Rouge police. His hands are in the air and you still get shot by the cops. Oh my God, please don't tell me he's dead. We're not gonna let hate define us. Race is a big part of this. If truly all lives matter, then all lives need to matter equally. What we require is action. What we require is accountability. We understand that black lives do matter. We will keep focus on this issue. News One Now, every weekday morning at seven on TV One. Okay, set your DVR Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Watch News One Now with Roland Martin. News One Now with Roland Martin. You will learn so much from the show. Um, and you can go to Roland's YouTube channel, search for Roland Martin on YouTube. You can watch clips of the show as well. Okay, uh, I'm going, okay, Michael Long, I saw your, uh, your question. Okay, I'm going in here. Uh, because I, I'm going, I'm going to go in here and put in the, my PayPal credentials again. Uh, there's a glitch or something and it's not allowing people to make a payment for the, um, for the, um, what you call it for the, um, webinar for tomorrow. Uh, so just give me a minute here. I'm trying to do this. Uh, Okay. I'm trying to do this. All right. Now, today on MSNBC, now, you know, we talked about Emmett Till uh, about a, a month or so ago when the story came out that um, uh, there's a new book uh, coming out about uh, Emmett Till and the woman, Carolyn Bryant, who was the woman who claimed that Emmett Till assaulted her, uh, grabbed her, tried to... Um, uh, assault her, etc. Uh, come to find out, she lied about some of the details of the case. Okay, and uh, all right, MSNBC is having problems with their website right now. Uh, one of Emmett Till's relatives was interviewed on MSNBC today um, because they were uh, they met with um, uh, Jeff Sessions, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, today. Okay, so we're going to try to get that uh, audio for you here in um, in just a minute. All right. Um, we know that the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, uh, six members of the CBC, met with Donald Trump and uh, uh, other members of the Trump administration. And uh, they talked about the uh, agenda um we have a lot to lose. We have a lot to lose. Okay. Uh, we're going to see if we can get this to play for you. Uh, MSNBC is having a problem with their website. Okay. So it may not be able to do that. Um, let's see here. Just a second. Hey, 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 All hey. Right. hey. Let me see. All right, just a minute here. I'm going to go to this other story. And that is one from... Uh, 
All right. Okay. Uh, on Facebook, uh, Wanda White said, has the White House made any statements about what's happening with these young girls? Now, I haven't heard the White House say anything regarding that. All right. <laughs> I haven't heard the White House say anything regarding that at all. All right. Uh, uh, good luck on that one. <laughs> uh, good luck on that one. Okay. Um, many people heard about the, um, let's see, many people heard about the, um, um, Ramali Graham case, okay, shot and killed by a police officer. Well, the police officer has resigned as opposed to being fired, all right, and they just, they talked about this, um, I think that was uh, I think that was this morning they talked about this on News One Now with Roland Martin. Let's go to this clip. I'm trying to fix this uh, payment issue here uh, quickly. Uh, folks, let's go to New York where the mother of Molly Graham is demanding justice after learning that the NYPD officer who killed her son resigned over the weekend instead of being fired by the department. Where's my son justice? Where's the city of New York justice for the people in our community? Richard Haste quit his job after learning that, that the department trial found him guilty, saying he used poor judgment when he shot the 18-year-old. In February 2012, Haste chased Graham into his home and shot him in the bathroom in the presence of the teen's grandmother and six-year-old brother. Graham was not armed. Initially, a grand jury indicted him, but a judge dismissed the case because of a procedural error. A second grand jury, no shock, decided not to indict him. Mm. Joining me via FaceTime from the Bronx is Constance Malcolm, Ramarley's Graham's mother. Constance, first of all, again, sorry for your loss uh, and the constant pain that you have to endure here. Um, this is a problem that we continue to see across this country uh, where police officers, knowing full well they're going to get fired, they resign in order to keep their full pension. Yes, good morning, Roland. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a serious problem. You know, what happened? Well, I got the news on Sunday night. Unfortunately, Richard Hayes got the news on Friday. And I never got the, um, a call till Sunday about it. And I felt like this was, it was just something they wanted to do. They want to act like they was doing something by firing him and then give him the options to, because basically they gave him the options to resign. Because if you, you find, if you find him, you told him he's going to be fired on Friday, you should have fired him Friday when you told him that. No, he would probably do something like that. What, what, what also is stunning when you, when you look at this case is that it has taken this long. I mean, you're talking it's still just amazing to me that that this process has gone on this long. He's been able to draw his salary. He's been able to accrue his benefits uh, and uh, and still no justice in this case. Don't forget pay raise since he killed my son and rack up a whole bunch of overtime. Do you also believe that a part of this issue beyond, first of all, reforming our grand jury system? Uh, because that's also what we have here, where we have grand juries are absolutely afraid to indict police officers. That you have to change these union contracts where, as in essence, uh, rogue cops are not being rewarded for bad behavior and murderous behavior. It's funny that you said that, Roland, because since 2012 I've been saying that. You know, whenever a police involved in a shooting, they should, once they go on death duty, they should not, they should not get paid while they're doing an investigation. Once the investigation is finished and they've been exonerated, yes, give them their payback, but not until they're still being investigated, still getting paid. This is why these cops keep doing it, because they figure, okay, you hit them on, you hit them on the TV. One cop, he shot the kid and he goes, oh, I'm going to be on death duty for, for a whole month. That's all they're worried about. Oh, and I've long said that as long as cops are not responsible for paying their own legal fees and losing their benefits, then you'll see the same sort of action. But when they begin to pay themselves, that will change somebody's behavior because they'll think twice when it comes to their actions. That's right. 
they will think twice because they're going to figure where I'm going to get this money to pay these lawyers. So they're going to think twice before they do something. And you know, the problem is that this, most of the time this shooting happen is in our community, the black community. Yes, you do hear it happen other places, but majority of the time it's in the, the what they call the poor community. I, I'm, I'm trying to understand here. I'm trying to understand here. Um, the, he chased he chased your son into the home, and as I'm looking at it, he had no he, he had no warrant to go into the home. Uh, he just he, he chose to go to. He shoots him. There's no weapon. Uh, has he offered any apology? Any explanation? First, I want to say he, um, they, you know how they claim my son was running. You saw the tape. It clearly shows my son was walking. The only person was running was Richard Hayes. Yet Richard Hayes, for the whole five years, from the first time he got indicted till the case got thrown out till um, in January when we did, um, did the department trial, Richard Hayes never offered apology till yesterday at the press conference. Well, not to me at least. This is what the press was telling me that he said he wanted to talk to me. About what? You have five whole years to, to say you're sorry or whatever you want to say. A matter of fact, in January, we, when we did the um, department trial, you had the opportunity when you was on the stand. Every party that was involved in the house that day was sitting right in the court. That was your perfect opportunity to say, I'm sorry, or whatever you wanted to say. Congressman Malcolm, uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, thank you so very much. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, even though he has resigned, uh, I would hope the NYPD makes some effort uh, to uh, try to uh, take his pension uh, because otherwise this guy pretty much will be drawing on taxpayer salary for the rest of his life uh, for committing murder. Yeah, but I want to um, remind you something, Roland. We still have two officers that have been charged I have charges on them, and we don't even know when they go into court and when the schedule is for them. And of those two charges, the depart departmental charges or actual criminal charges? Oh, department charges. And they still haven't tell me what they was charged with. So this is the problem. When Richard Hayes was going to court, they never told me the charge. I had to sit in court to get the charges. Mm. They would not tell me. And this is what we call to protect and serve. Congressman Malcolm, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Ronnie. You have a good day. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go back to our panel here. I mean, this, when you have an Attorney General Jeff Sessions who stands before state's attorneys generals and said, we're going to pull back when it comes to holding these police department accountable with these consent decrees, this is why that's a problem. Well, there's no excuse for this, Roland. And to be honest with you, I'm almost to the point where I'm just getting embarrassed of being an American citizen. I have gone to third world countries where that legal system is a lot more effective and efficient than, I mean, how many black kids do we need to see killed and the policeman gets off and then all these folks want to rally around the policeman as though this guy deserved what he got? Yeah, but here's the deal, though. But, but, but when you have, uh, when you have, and this is not just uh, Trump and others, but when you have this constant, uh, we're going to praise law enforcement, we're going to say, oh, how difficult their job is. And I keep saying, look, when you are afraid to call all bad cops out. You have no credibility with me uh, when you try to say, "Oh no, that we that we that we should we should we should praise them for a difficult job they do." You know, you, you made a very good point. You have to make sure that you know what, even though it might be a small handful of cops, they're doing a lot of issues that that disproportionately impact the black community. Among a small group of conservatives in New York, we thought about different ways that you know what we can try to mold and shape the culture of the police department. And how do you do that? If some of these settlements, which was charged against the pension fund, yeah. I think that would actually start molding and shaping, the, reshaping the culture. But, but the culture, Avis, is simple. This American culture says we will protect officers and give them so much leeway where literally they can do whatever they want to do. Absolutely. And the American culture says that the black, black body is not your own. It's not that person's own. The black body is okay to be violated, to be murdered, and nothing will happen to you. Now, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily even agree with this idea that it's just a handful of people, because it's also the people surrounding that quote-unquote handful that protect the handful, which to me makes them complicit, which to me makes them just as guilty as the person who pulled the trigger. With this particular case, what's really disturbing to me 
is not only did this, this mother have to wait five years for this lack of justice, this man is going to make this money. Why can't now that he's a private citizen, I'm not an attorney, mm -hmm. but why not sue him personally? at this point. He's not, he doesn't have the, the police department to protect him. I would make sure to my dying day that he didn't get a dime of his, his pension. He would be fighting me in court forever. And uh, uh, Wilmer, at the end of the day, these sort of cases cost other taxpayers millions of dollars, upwards of, if you, when, they, when you toll it, upwards of a half a billion dollars. And citizens go, okay, we'll pay it. Well, and it was thought as a result of the Baltimore settlement and some of the more recent settlements that went well beyond the state's ability to self-insure that taxpayers would start screaming at the fact that they now are having to carry this incredible financial burden to settle these lawsuits. Th this really has to go back to the police departments. This really has to go back to the unions. And uh, once charges like these are filed, the police officer should lose a lot of his uh, police protections uh, in, in, until the case is, is, uh, is, is uh, determined and, 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 and found. It. And if he's found to have been guilty of murder, then he needs to be treated like any other citizen who is convicted of murder and the pension should go out the window. All right. well, well, that's why I had mentioned that, you know, in, instead of Doing, uh, putting the burden on the taxpayers, you put the burden on the pension fund, that will help to re that's one of the elements to right. help to reshape the culture. No, I agree. A peaceful protest turned deadly. 37 year old black man was shot and killed by Baton Rouge police. His hands are in the air and you still get shot by the cops. Oh my God, please don't tell me he's dead. We're not gonna let hate define us. Race is a big part of this. If truly all lives matter, then all lives need to matter equally. What we require is action. What we require is accountability. We understand that black lives do matter. We will keep focused on this issue. News One Now, every weekday morning at 7 on TV One. Okay, so that was uh, this morning, News One Now with Roland Martin. All right, um, so... What you can do, we're going to do the, the free live webinar uh, starting in a few minutes. You can go ahead and register for that. That's for the one today. Uh, March 28th is, is one hour. I have to uh, switch locations and get set up for that. All right, it's free. Uh, just a second here. Just a minute here. Okay, so I have to switch locations because I'm at my desk, but I need to move to another location here in the office to uh, to do that. So I'm going to post a link again where you can register for the free live webinar. Um, big notepad, okay, officer's charge. Um, Just a second here. Let me post it again here. All right, we'll post it again. And uh, you, you, you are those also listening, you can go to AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have the information on our website right on the home page. Uh, the live webinar, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade. We also posted the information here on uh, Facebook, uh, on, the, on the thread on Facebook, and it has the links as register here. And that's for the uh, free one-hour webinar. It's going to start. We may start a little past 7. I have to switch locations and get set up, okay? Um, all right. So I'll be at the Natural Hair Care Expo um, Saturday, uh, also in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, April 1st and 2nd in Baltimore. Um, and you can donate to the African History Network also if you want to help me get there because I'm going to have some expenses. Uh, I have to rent a car. I'm going to have some expenses getting there. Uh, things are crazy right now. Things are upside down. Uh, okay, so we'll be back tomorrow also. We should be on 4 p.m. Uh, what is this breaking news story here? Okay, exclusive from NBC News, former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort had multiple accounts in Cyprus, which were closed after being flagged 
for questionable activity. Banking sources tell NBC News. Paul Manafort, President Donald Trump's former campaign manager, operated a complex and opaque uh, network of businesses on Cyprus, uh, an island long known as a hub for money moving in and out of Russia. It's known for money laundering. Uh, an NBC investigation has found, according to banking sources with direct knowledge of the transactions, Paul Manafort was associated with at least 15 bank accounts and 10 companies on the island. At least one of those companies was used to receive millions of dollars from a billionaire Russian oligarch who was Vladimir Putin's ally, according to court documents. Uh, now, in 2012, an anti-money laundering audit flagged some uh, accounts and the bank asked for more information. Paul Manafort subsequently closed the accounts and the information was not provided, according to banking sources. Paul Manafort has repeatedly denied he ever worked for the Russian government. He has also agreed to appear before the, the, House, uh, the House of Representatives Intelligence Committee, uh, which is running an inquiry into whether there were ties between Russia and Donald Trump. Uh, I, I, I keep telling people, each day more and more information comes out about these crooks in the White House. More and more. And at the, at the center of it is Vladimir Putin and Sergei Kislyak in Russia. More and more. These are a bunch of thug gangsters in the White House. They need to change the name of the White House to Gangsters Paradise because that's who's up in there. Some straight up thug gangsters. That's who's I, because they, they make the they make the mafia look like choir boys. I've never seen corruption at this level before. I've never seen corruption at this level before. These are some straight up thug gangsters. All right. Okay, look, we got to get out of here. I got to get ready for this webinar. Uh, so we'll, we'll be back broadcasting here. We're going to broadcast on Facebook Live a little bit uh, uh, as we go into the webinar. Uh, we post the information. You can register for it. We'll see you shortly. Um, hey, remember what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you. It's based upon what you think about yourself. It's not over till we win. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. We're glad how bad we changing lanes without a signal at all. Now you want us to hang? You know some things are substantial, whether or not financial. And playing us with put other stuff way up on the mantle. So don't try to adjust your radio to change your channel. We're taking down the glittery lights and just light a candle. Come on. He said, I don't see you at the club. I said, I don't see you at the bank. People gotta live their life and do their thing. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. He said, I'll see you at the club. I said, I'll see you at the bank. People gotta live their life and do their thing. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. He said, I'll see you at the club. I said, I'll see you at the bank. People gotta live their life and do their thing. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Anybody checking for arrested development? Yeah. I'm seeing marriages dying just like miscarriages. We've been at it two zero years, changing the narrative. Father to my two kids, plus to add to my parenting. We took on a teen in a desperate need of a family. He was jacking cars and some other type of insanity. Playing the role that media says is his humanity. Blacks is getting smoked with police taking the tote. They hate it when we do stand up and yet they like a joke. Hey! The people losing hope to where most of them don't vote. And rap is turning to trap and dope. Really these dope are trying not to become some one I don't know. Look into a mirror. Is it friend or is it foe? foe? Or is it both? Should I swim or should I float? Should I blend in within the scene that fits me both? Should I live life and try to fight with what I know? What I know is that my real life starts after the show. He said, I don't see you at the club. I said, I don't see you at the bank. People gotta live their life and do their thing. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. He said, 